Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Built Environment Marketing Show. And I am still your host, Ayo Bass from Abbas Marketing. It's snowing outside and we're hurting towards the end of the year. So this is my final kind of reflection on 22, looking to 23 episode and also sharing some of my best bits. So we're going to start off looking at the podcast in numbers, then some of the trends that I think are coming out marketing wise that we should all be keeping an eye on in 23. And also then I'll just highlight some of my favorite clips from the episodes this year. And then finally, I'll probably finish on the ultimate bloomer that I did in episode 21 with Julia Nichols and Dominic Standall. So kicking things off, here we go. Similar to Spotify Unwrapped, but more comprehensive as I will include stats from Apple and Buzzsprout, who host my podcast. So podcast in numbers. I published 14 new episodes this year, uh, totally new ones, totally new interviews or me talking. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of content out there this year and a lot of new topics and a lot of great new people who I get to meet as well. So that was a lot of fun to do. Um, there was 1500 downloads this year which is great so if you want to keep sharing the podcast downloading listening sharing it with others always appreciated because it'll be lovely to hit 2000 next year that's for sure um and my most popular place for people to listen was apple podcast still apple tend to dominate the podcast charts anyway in terms of where people listen so um that's not surprising um and in terms of my listens actually then it's buzzsprout because that's who hosts the podcast which is uh, the play which features the players on my website and then for Spotify. The top episode for me was the interview with Julia and Dominique uh, Standall, uh, which had 172 downloads. And then it was followed by the interview that I did with Chris Moore. And then finally, it was uh, followed by the interview that I did looking at tone of voice with Juliet, Simon and Darren. So those are my top three episodes for the year. And now moving on, uh, predictions. So what do I think is going to happen in 23? Where is my crystal ball? AI, stroke machine learning, stroke all of that stuff. Well, to me, uh, I guess in a marketing context, we're talking about things like chatbots. We're also talking about tools that write content. Um, there is loads and loads and loads happening in this space. And also even in the design space in terms of AI and machine learning. I know I've got a few PropTech clients who are working in this field and it's fascinating. Anyway, in, in a marketing context, I have to say that there are more and more tools coming out like Jasper.ai, things like that new kind of chat GPT, which everyone is talking about on, in, on LinkedIn at the moment. So there's a lot going on in terms of these tools that make it easier to write content, develop content and kind of push out that kind of marketing, I guess the evergreen kind of basic stuff that we need. So I mean, I can't say that it's, it's as good as hiring somebody, of course, but actually they do quite, some of them are now quite getting quite good and can do a, a good level, base level job for you. So it's definitely worth tracking AI in terms of marketing and I guess the newer tools that are coming out and the existing tools that are actually improving what they're doing. So definitely want to track for 22, 23 even. <laughs> My next kind of prediction is the rise of MarTech. Um, marketing technology, I think, is here to stay. And we've all got to kind of understand the tools and how to get the most out of them and how they can support us as marketers. Um, at the moment, I'm actually doing a 12 days of MarTech at the moment uh, on LinkedIn uh, with Simon Marshall, where we are both sharing some of the tools that we use to get our marketing done for ourselves and also for our agencies. 
Um, that's a topic and a theme that isn't going away. So next year, I will be doing some more lives around marketing technology and I guess how we can harness it as marketeers to, to, to work better and more efficiently. I mean, those are the watchwords of the day, dare I say it. So yeah, the rise of MarTech, that's definitely one prediction that I think is going to keep on going. The next thing I was talking about is actually repurposing and that whole thing about content distribution. I mean, there are actually firms now that actually have full-time roles for people to repurpose and distribute content. And I think this is a trend that is going to keep growing and growing because to be honest, it makes it takes a long time to make a good piece of content. And once you have made it, how do you maximize it? How do you get the most value out of it? How do you make sure that your target audience see it? Could be little things whereby you've got your top 150 clients in LinkedIn, uh, potentially for ads, and they're already there. And actually, what you do is you make sure that you boost that post to those 150 target accounts. It's things like that, just leveraging what you do and being smart and making sure that your content gets into the hands of the people that you want it to. So I think that's something that will be definitely more prominent next year. I also think there is a rise in terms of the importance of your own owned channels. So I think it's those types of channels that aren't, I guess, in the hands of something else, someone else. I mean, if you look at social media, what's happening at Twitter at the moment with Elon Musk, you know, you are sitting there going, actually, I have no control over these social media platforms. They're free to play, which means that I'm in the hands of somebody else. So I think channels that you can actually own where you own the data and you actually own I guess what you put out and how you communicate with people and who is likely to see it, they're going to rise in importance. So for me, it's things like emails and websites. So paying more attention to those stock items that are yours to own and that you can actually kind of push out in the way that you want. I think something we still can't ignore, of course, is going to be sustainability, climate change. As kind of, I guess, the impacts of what's going on around here get more and more severe, we all have to kind of understand how we factor that into our actual marketing and how we how we listen and, and how we perform as marketers and the role that we play in terms of, you know, purpose and growth and all of those types of thorny issues that we actually can actually have a huge influence on. So those are my kind of key predictions and trends for 23. Let's see if they do pan out. And now let's go over to episodes and look at some of my favourites from the past year. I can't select everything. So this is a bit of a snapshot. So thanks to everybody who came onto the show and everybody who listened as well, because it's really appreciated. I know that you all give up your time and it's really lovely that you actually want to come on the show and also that people actually want to listen, which is lovely. So the season for me kicked off with a free part marketing models mini series. I guess it was my way of saying to people that you don't have to always employ somebody in-house or necessarily work with an agency that's going to charge you 10k per month, even though people do. Um, And I wanted to showcase that there are other ways of getting your marketing done and some of the kind of more innovative ways of doing so. So I kicked off this season uh, looking at group and online programs with Nikita Morel and Sarah Kalata. Here's a clip from Sarah talking about the architecture industry not necessarily being ready for us. I find that the architecture industry is not quite ready to adapt into these particular methods of digital transformation. And I I find that it takes a huge level of education around what I'm doing and the products that I provide to convince architects that this is a good idea. And I think that that really shows to 
um, like speaks to the fact that we're a very traditional industry and we are very stuck in our old ways. And historically, we've like actually for us, marketing was even illegal. We're not supposed to be doing marketing for our architecture practices. And I think that a lot of people are like, oh, why, you know, what's really the benefit here in this? Um, but the benefit is tremendous. And I think that it really solves the problems of many architects, which has to do with, um, you know, getting the right clients and landing the right projects and actually moving your business in the, in the direction where you want to go rather than just sort of being taken on the journey. And then the other two episodes covered consultants with Julia Nichols and Dominique Standall and also collectives with Tanisha Rafudin and Luke Neve. One studio I worked with was being sort of stretched too thin, really. They were trying to do everything. Um, they needed to really reca- recalibrate and ensure that they were focusing their limited time and effort on the audiences that were most important to them and you know where they wanted to grow their business. So we kind of worked together. We established a voice for them that had a really distinct character. We created a timeline for communication so it didn't feel overwhelming to them. Um, And we kind of agreed some core messages that would be a thread in their work and would connect them with the type of clients they wanted to work with. And, you know, seeing them since and, you know, we have check-ins, they've said it's really transformed not just their communications but the way they run their business because they have a much clearer Mm -hmm. focus of where to invest their energy and also importantly – when to say no to things, so you know, important. if they're not yeah. on their path, then just don't waste your time there. The whole point of us and what we do is to enhance your business decisions. There's no point if you, there's just, you've got to have a business plan. You've got to have an audience in mind. You've got to have sectors you want to work with or a sort of calibre of, of how you want to work or where you want to work. Otherwise, we're just guessing. With some of the clients I work with, um, I do just guess based on, they're like, listen, just do it and we'll come to you with a business plan in a year. And I'm like, great, no, yeah. okay, you know, because I can do that and that's fine. Of You know, sort of self-autonomous and, you know, the, the practice and studio itself is just rolling along. So it's great. But um, I was, I was going to say for me, it's uh, work with someone you can build a relationship with because there's so much efficiency with that. You know, instead of writing um, sort of, uh, I was going to say ask covering, but I'll say accountability covering emails, um, you know, you can pick up the phone and have a really great friendly chat on, on a Monday morning and just bash out a few things that need clearing and then you've got the week and you can just absolutely, you know, um, hit all these things you want to get done for them. And I guess one of the things about these past two episodes was actually looking at them and thinking, we're all consultants, but we all work in a slightly different way. And we bring something different to in terms of marketing and communications experience. And I guess approaches in terms of what we do. So I think the whole series was really good to do, but also it showed what each model is, how to use it, but most importantly, how to get the most out of it. And I hope that it kind of opens your eyes to different ways to get your marketing done. If you do have any questions or feedback on these episodes, please, please, please just drop me a line because I'd love to hear it. And to end this kind of marketing models mini series, here's the thing for a quote from Tanisha, which I think kind of sums it up really about marketing very much being a two way process. So realizing that this is going to be a two way, two way process that you as a client have to invest your own time and you have to be committed to the process and that you have a fair, a realistic budget, realistic goals, realistic timeline will just get you to where you need to go uh, faster yeah. in a more efficient way. And, and you will see the ROI because everyone's like, oh, 
I don't see the value in, in this. I don't see the value in branding. I don't see the value in marketing. Uh, and if you are that person who doesn't see the value in branding and marketing, then it's not my job to convince you. Come mm-hmm. to me when you are aware of the value yeah. of the branding and marketing, and then let's have a conversation. And now let's move on to episode 33, which was another standout episode for me. This one was a lovely one, even though I didn't really have to ask many questions. My guests actually knew themselves and each other so well that they kind of were having a conversation without me. But you know what? It was great. I could drink my tea. So episode 33 features Simon Drayson, uh, Juliet Mitchell and Darren Leach, a.k.a. George and James Architects and Archetypal. So we talked very much about tone of voice and finding your voice as a practice. It's a fascinating conversation. And there are a couple of standout tips I'd just like to play back to you. And actually it became more about building a website that told our story and would actually talk to our prospective clients in in a language that isn't so architectural isn't you know isn't so alien to, to people who might visit our website and, and want to learn about how to hire and work with architects and that's that's where it came about and uh, and so I guess the what we thought we wanted from a website became something quite different as we went through the process of of writing and sort of working with Juliet and yeah. working out working it out finding the words for your website you know finding your story and your voice it's a really good opportunity to sort of dig a bit deeper and to really own that story and and feel that you know there is a narrative behind what you do there's a narrative that sort of glues your all your projects together um and that's the story that your clients want to hear and that's what's going to pull them into wanting to work with you we certainly covered a lot of ground in that episode, and I know that is one that many people refer back to. So definitely worth checking it out if you're thinking about looking at your tone of voice in the coming year. Another episode that I'd like to shine a light on is episode 33, which was Chris Moore from Price and Myers, which was a bit of an engineering fest. I love engineering, so anyone who knows me knows. Chris is an amazing comms leader and an amazing writer as well. So he had lots of great advice to share, and it really was a pleasure to do that interview. Here's some words from Chris. If we want engineering to be more diverse, and I really do believe that we do because we can draw a lot of strength from that, we've got to get the kids more excited about engineering when they are younger, when they're, when they're thinking about the STEM subjects, when they're overcoming gender stereotypes that you know, occur in schools between boys and girls, when they are might be from a minority culture in a part of town where you know they don't aspire to um, go to university or to become engineers, if we can make engineering cooler, and we do that like on you know on an individual level, on a practice level, and then on an industry level, that's actually one of the ways that we're going to be able to tackle some of these bigger questions. And I think that's everything from talking about the environment and sustainability and the solutions that we need there, to you know overcoming the preponderance of middle-aged white men in senior management roles. We can't just automatically turn around right now and say, "Oh, okay, right." So um, it's all a, <laughs> it's all a little bit now. it's all yeah. a little bit stale and pale. Um, so <laughs> you know, let's let's get more folks from different cultures in. Then it was on to my live series where I decided for a week that I would go live every day on LinkedIn at lunchtimes to record a series of practically based podcast episodes. We looked at websites, we looked at podcasts, we looked at PR, we looked at. LinkedIn, we looked at bids and networking. What more could you want? Especially as the talk of recession. So I wanted to make them as practical as possible so that people can action 
action things, uh, you know, cost-effective things and kind of get on with their marketing. So here's some clips from that. First up, we have Tom Garfield from episode 36, looking at websites. But one of the things I see that people need to be much more aware of is that when people land on a website, they're looking for inspiration for sure, but they're also looking for uh, reassurance. And as they get closer to that decision-making process, to the buying decide to inquire they want to be not only inspired by all of these wonderful things that they see to go look how beautiful that building is or look what this is this is fantastic but they then need to be reassured because they're going to start to almost get a pre-buyer's remorse which is first thing is they're asking how good this could this be how good could this project be and they're really excited and then as they start to think am i going to inquire now they then ask a different question which is how bad might this be how could this go wrong maybe and so you want to make sure that you are you know when you're getting close to that inquiry stage you are using things like reassuring language um, you're making sure that your process is really comprehensive and clear you're proving your expertise with great testimonials from past clients uh, yeah. perhaps you're giving uh, insight into your people to sort of instill trust and likability all of those things really matter and then we move on to leonie thomas where we are talking about bids and networking in episode 37 responding to a bid or doing a bid that's really it's like the icing on the cake or the cherry on the cake whatever you want to say but it's very much the last part of the process um the more important work happens far further upstream it's understanding what your um what your kind of sector goals look like what you know what your business plan looks like how bids fit into that and then being very very strategic about the people that you meet who you speak with um how you're influencing the market in terms of maybe award submissions or PR or, you know, a lot of the stuff that you do with clients um, and how you can marry those up so that when the bid actually comes out, it's, you're going to be successful at it because you've done the work. And now onto my favorite social media channel, LinkedIn. And we're talking to my friend, Stacey Meadwell. Think about the questions that you get asked regularly. Uh, You know, that is a great source of content for me you know because I do a lot of training so there's always questions or when I'm you know when I'm talking to to clients about you know pieces of work I'm doing for them the questions that they ask I think actually that would be good that would make a good post to write about to to write about that because it's it's something I'm getting asked a lot um think about you know common problems that you that that you know your clients have that that you help solve or um you can then, you know, thinking about, we obviously both write about the built environment, you know, think about observations about your sector, your industry, you know, and that can be observations, like for me, it could be observations about sort of content. Um, and people, sometimes I comment on, you know, what's going on on LinkedIn and start, you know, diff- yeah. different kind of trends and things happening. But then I also comment on, you know, things that are happening in the built environment. Um, you know, so think about your industry, trends that you're seeing, you know what's influencing what are the challenges can you write about that kind of stuff and the final clip i've selected is from hannah cox where we talk all things pr what it is and what it isn't which is episode 40 pr is which can also be substituted with communications it's really part of your overall business function you need to kind of Think about it at the beginning. Think about it when you're setting your goals and objectives for the for the year for the business, um, and then think how are you going to? Um, what are you going to need to communicate? Who's going to 
want to hear your ideas, your product. Where do you need growth? Um, who are those people going to be that are your growth targets? And once you've kind of done those kind of uh, that area of research and objective setting, then you can use the PR tools to kind of get there and map it out. On the back of COP27, I also did a solo episode looking at why marketers need to upskill about sustainability. I personally think that we've all got our role to play and that we really all need to upskill and understand, I guess, the whole topic or how to communicate sustainability. Because you know what? It's something we're all going to have to do. And my final interview of the year featured the lovely Sarah Canning and Dee Lee from the Property Marketing Strategist, which was another fun interview to do. We talked about research, we talked about Gen Z and so much more. And it was really nice to have a different perspective from a kind of B2C perspective, um, which I don't always talk about. So here's a few clips from that one too. You know, you have to really put yourself in the shoes of the customer. Um, and again, you know, we've got the benefits. We don't work within one particular organisation. But I know from experience that it's very easy from a marketing point of view to churn the same stuff out, you know, year in, year out. Um, yeah. And just because it worked one year, you know, in particularly in student accommodation and, you know, also in the rest of the private rented sector, because there's quite a high turnover, it's a new audience all the time. You know, so you kind of think, oh, <laughs> just do the same thing and do the same thing. But that audience changes and what they want and what they're focused on. Uh, they need to understand their demographic in their building. You know, no city is the same, no buildings the same, no university is the same, no residential community is the same. And I think if you're not asking the questions of that community about what they want, what they like about their product, what they don't like about their product, what's frustrating them, then you're never going to improve that product or change that product or or be prepared for the future. And I think far too often and, and probably more so in student accommodation is that it, it, it's been really good for so long and there's demand there and you can build and people will arrive but actually when you get a much better kind of educated audience when you get a, an audience that kind of knows what they want and what they should be getting then they're gonna they're gonna vote with their feet um and if you're not asking the questions now when you've got a three to five year build project you're going to be way behind the curve further down that line and now for 23 well i'm getting my wish list together for who i want to come onto the show next so if you've got any ideas do email me at io which is ayo at abassmarketing.com i'd love to hear from you i'll be taking my show on the road next year and heading to a major event uh to actually do some interviews live so that's quite exciting. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do that and which guests I'll get on. But, you know, that'll be a fun one to do, that's for sure. Uh, of course, I kind of made myself a vow that I will be doing more solo episodes and masterclasses. So that's another part of the podcast that will be coming to you. I think more frequently than I ever done before. So that's going to be a good one as well. Oh, and of course, I will be doing a few more live recordings on LinkedIn because I actually enjoy them. They're good fun to do. So that is all from me in terms of my, this roundup episode. And I look forward to you listening to my show in 23. And to play us out, I'll leave you with my biggest blooper from episode 31 this year. Enjoy and Merry Christmas. Terms of sex sto success stories. I'll say sex stories. That's wrong. Success <laughs> Go on then. I was going to say that's wrong. I'm going to edit that out. Um, <laughs> the podcast was going to take a turn there. Yeah, I didn't make any notes on that. <laughs> like, I've missed this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
in terms of sex stories, God, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you just want to know about our sex stories. We've got it. We've got it. <laughs> success. What success? Right. Okay. I can do this. We'll let you record again. <laughs> okay. In terms of success stories, where have you? Where do you feel that? how your work has worked really well have you got some examples Dom um so I guess without giving too much away it's been really nice when uh the sort of there's a bit of a and I'm going to go into like jargony language here but there's a bit of a cross-pollination and and this happens in in agency as well where basically you learn about something through one avenue and you can basically hit hit that across all your clients and suddenly, you know, all the others who didn't know about it are really delighted and then you can do the same for the, you know, for the people who um, who gave you that initial opportunity. So there's a lot of that. that's really exciting for me is when you can kind of draw loads of industry information from one avenue and just spread it across um, other other clients' channels and, and all of that. So I mean, cross-pollination, cross that's the word, it kind of keeps coming to my head, but, yeah, that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, should- yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and just being able to share intel and recommend it. You know, when you've got people, I think, and I think this is really important as well, is operating in a certain level of clientele. So so making sure that, you know, your clients are kind of the kinds of people you want to be promoting. So making sure that the information that's relevant for one is likely to be relevant for others mm. because they care about certain values or certain um delivery standards or, or whatever it is that, that you're after so that that's when it gets really exciting for me because that means you you're building a little ecosystem um and uh yeah that's really exciting fantastic and julia have you got a success story to- <laughs> please don't cut this out Thanks so much for listening to the Built Environment Marketing Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes, which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode. You can find that on abassmarketing.com. And of course, if you like the show, please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us. See you soon.